I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, They always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Celebrations are huge, and who can blame them? It's finished. Brentford one, Everton three. A win and a well-deserved one. Yeah, I thought so. Um, I thought a similar performance to the ones we haven't won in the sense of you know making really good chances early season. We did that particularly against Fulham, particularly against Wolves. Didn't capitalise on it today. We did, you know, and we we did take it. Well, we took some of our chances. I thought first half. Uh, you know, as a manager, you're wondering, you think, not again, surely, because we created some great chances first half and some very simple but very good play. Um, and then second half, we did capitalise on, on a very good performance, I thought, and a, and a, a, a worthy win in the end. Yeah, football's a funny old game. I think I said it before. It's, um, you know, my some of my own fans booed me off at Villa Park and then, you know, I come on and, and score the winner today and you get, you get cheers. So I think as a footballer and a person in my position, I understand my responsibility and I know deep down it's only because they care. You know, they want to see me scoring goals and playing well. And like you say, no one's more frustrated than I am. So to do that today, 
everyone everyone's happy and everyone goes home happy, um, especially me. So that's football, that is life, and um, it's a position I've worked very hard to get into. It really happened, Blues. Everton finally picked up their first win of the season on Saturday and bettered their goals tally from the first five games combined by putting three past Brentford in what was a hugely deserved win at the GTAC Community Stadium. After the last couple of seasons, no one will be getting ahead of themselves, but all of a sudden, things don't look quite as bleak as they did a week ago. In actual fact, there's a lot of cause for optimism from that performance, provided, of course, it isn't a one-off. In today's episode of the Toffee Word Podcast, we'll dissect the Toffee's 3-1 win over the weekend, pick out what we learned about certain players and how they fit into a blueprint going forward, while also looking ahead to Wednesday's Carabao Cup tie against Aston Villa. This time, I'm joined again by Adam, and we welcome Elle and Paul back to the pod. Paul, Sean Dyche will feel that that kind of result was overdue based on the chances created against the likes of Fulham and Wolves, and I think we Blues would agree that as bad as they were at Villa and against Arsenal, it was harsh on the players not to have picked up at least one league win so far, so it was nice to finally get the monkey off our backs, but also to do it away from home, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, hi, guys. Um, yeah, it was um, yeah, a really good performance, wasn't it? Um, yeah, we needed that win badly, didn't we, no matter how how it came. So it was good that it came with a, with a positive performance. Uh, you know, it would have been a travesty to have lost that game, or not not won that game, I think, wouldn't it? So it's it very well deserved. And yeah, I thought they'd been a bit a bit unlucky with the um, with the results. Really, I think some of the reactions have been a little bit over the top. But that comes if you're not getting any results at the end of the day, and we haven't been. You know, if, if you if you got one point after four games, no matter how unlucky you might have been, it's 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 gonna you know it, it, it people people get frustrated and and you know fingers get pointed. So. Sean Dice needed that needed that win. The players needed that win, and um, they just got to sort of grab that opportunity coming up now, haven't they? With the two home games uh, on the horizon, um, aside from obviously the Villa Cup game, so it's a they've you know they've, in a, they've got a good opportunity now to get points on the board quite quickly. So they've got to make sure they take it. Uh, but yeah, yeah, really happy with the the win and the performance and uh, and the goals shared around as well. So it's uh, yeah, very very positive, and it's. Uh, we were saying on the on the WhatsApp group, weren't we? Like, uh, you know, this is a what do you call it? A strange sensation. <laughs> the, the, the feeling of uh, of uh, enjoying the Saturday night, having won the game, and uh, it is, isn't it? It's been a long time, so let's uh, let's hope there's plenty more down in the next month or so. Yeah, definitely. It's always nice as well to have lots of uh, social media content to digest from Everton Football Club, rather than the usual wall of silence for Crete's uh, <laughs> a Saturday. Lot, and to watch match of the of day. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. You just want to you just want to keep absorbing it. I watch extended highlights earlier. Yeah. You know, like, actually, I, I do what I do actually want to hear what Sean Dyer just got to say. Uh, I want to know what he felt about the feel. Um, yeah, it's brilliant. It's brilliant. It's re- really, really enjoyable game as well. I think even. Even if you're a neutral, um, I think it was it was it was a pretty exciting affair, and it bought the best parts of those early games in terms of the chances created. But also, we seemed to refine a lot of that other play. We looked tighter at the back. We looked a lot more controlled and composed in the middle. And um, yeah, as you said, Paul, nice to see the goal shared around. Nice to beat a, a side who 
are going to frustrate other teams this season, make no doubt about it, even though they've had injuries and um, aren't in the best place right now, Brentford. I think they're certainly a side who I wouldn't be seeing in a relegation scrap. They're a, they're a good side. To, so to go away from home and not just win, but win convincingly, um, yeah, it was, it, was, it was really nice to enjoy Saturday. Probably enjoy it a bit too much, so then feel a bit sore on Sunday. But <laughs> just, yeah, let's just keep the feeling going and let's... Uh, Let's let's see what Villa brings. What did you think, Al? Yeah, well, the, the win was you know really important. But for me, the most enjoyable aspect was the performance. I thought because um, I think it was just in stark contrast to the Arsenal game. There was a real you know hunger and a desire to you know not just you know just win every ball and, and be progressive with every pass as well. And so that that was the thing for me that was that was most pleasing. That, it, that there seemed to be really joined up thinking, and I felt like we had real authority on the game. And I think. You know, I'd, I think I don't think Brentford will play as poorly many times at home, but I think that was all down to Everton. You know, that's not to take the credit away. I think often in the last few years, you know, we've maybe gone away to another team and and thought that they weren't great either, but we've only managed to get a point maybe, or even you know worse, lost by a single goal. So for me, that was the most pleasing aspect that Everton turned up and then got the rewards because you know Brentford had an off day, we had a great day, and you know that's football, isn't it? If, you know if if you're better than the opponent, you get the three points, uh, you know, more often than not. And to see us put the ball in the net, which we haven't been able to do before, I think just every aspect was, was you know, really key. And I think, as Paul mentioned, it, it gives us a platform now to go into to two games that I think will shape the season. I think it will tell us whether in a relegation scrap or whether we've got the ability to be, you know, be mid-table mediocrity. Um, I think it's... I think it's important and I think it's very important for Sean Dyche as well, just because if we do win, you know, that's, as we say, we've moved up the table. If we don't get the points, then the narrative will, will go back to him and, it, and it, you know, Brentford will look more like an anomaly. No, no matter what the performance is, that's just how football goes. It's a results-based business. So, so for me, yeah, it was just really pleasing, really encouraging. And I just thought every player put in a real shift and got what they deserved. We said on the last podcast that this is a decent team and most of the players are fit, but it, I mean, it's no good having quality individual players if the team's set up wrong or the players, you know, just don't perform, as was the case against Arsenal. So, I mean, how great was it to see things come together and for us not only to score a couple of goals, but actually establish control of a game and then see it out with really only one other scare at 2 1, apart from their equaliser in the first half? There are obviously a couple of instances where you wondered if things weren't going to go our way. I mean, I disagreed, I think, as a lot of people did, judging by social media before kickoff with the decision to drop Dan Juma because, you know, I thought, and I think many others thought, that, that counter-attacking football was, was going to be our best chance of coming away f with something from a place like, you know, Brentford. And obviously Dan Juma would be a big part of that. But instead, I mean, they just won it by playing football, which, I mean, to be honest, it looked as though they'd forgotten how to do against Arsenal. Uh, the other moment, of course, was when Brentford equalised and which, you know, it felt it could be a bit like Sheffield United away uh, again because I think Brentford arguably had their best spell between then and half time, and yet we still had the better chances. I think obviously Beto will be kicking himself that, that he didn't score because, I mean, apart from that, he, he more than played his part. I mean, how nice was it to see midfielders running off the centre forward for once, looking for flick-ons as well, which, you know, obviously McNeil went close off one of them. 
Uh, I think one of the early chances came from from Ducouré chasing down another one of his flick-ons. So, you know, there's obviously the caveat, as I think, as you said at the outset, Adam, that, you know, Brentford were missing some key players. They obviously lost another one in Kevin Sharder before kickoff. But um, they'd only lost one of their previous 18 home games. So I think that, you know, that's a nice thing to put in context for a team like Everton, who've, you know, really, really struggled away from home and just struggled in general. Um, you know, the GTEC has been a notoriously difficult place for any team to go since they got promoted. But, you know, we were, we were worthy winners. So that was going to be, you know, we're just going to have these, like, really random, unexpected away wins, like the Brighton <laughs> one, <laughs> the Brentford one, which are great. But, uh, you know, your bread and butter ones like Sheffield United would probably be, <laughs> be uh, yeah, you'd, you'd welcome them with, with open arms. I'm just thinking then, actually, something I'll mention a few weeks back was about, uh, we've got an outball now all the time with, uh, with Beto and... Um, just pumping it up there, work the treat a lot of the time. You can, you know, he does not bring players into the game very well. Um, and he's just got that turn of pace and a little bit of swagger. He's funny and he's, he's a little clumsy somehow the way he sort of runs. And But he's, um, he's got that ability to bring players in and that's after a game or two. So, the, you know, mm-hmm. given yeah. one of, you know, let's say 20 games or so, I hope that, uh, that, that, we, that we've uh, propelled ourselves, you know, a bit further away from where we are now from the bottom of the league um, by then. But, yeah, I think you've really got a player there, haven't you? And it's just, um, it can link things up. And then um, it's interesting competition for places for sudden, isn't it? With him and Dominic Calvert-Lewin. And uh, that's that, that's just what Dominic needs, probably. It's a one that takes the, the pressure off Dominic and not having to necessarily having to be available every single game and uh, the pressure on when he is available. And uh, so it's, it's competition. And, uh, you know, he's got to try for that starting place, perhaps, because you don't really see in playing both together really an awful lot I know there's been a little bit of talk about it but I don't see it happening too often um, so yeah it's, uh, it's, it, it's quite funny isn't it you can have such a small squad and all of a sudden you think how does Dan Juma get in when Havis, you know, how will Havison get into the team it's what you want definitely and it's, it, it, it's, a part, it's, it's funny how you can have such a small team small squad but, or, but for sudden just like, one win and all of a sudden you're thinking like oh how, you know it's, uh, look at the look, how is he going to get in and how, how, how's that going to happen so it's uh it's just ridiculous what a, a difference a win makes. Uh, to you know, that's how we feel. Imagine how, how good the players must feel after all after winning one game, and we're just feeling ten feet tall after winning one game. You know what I mean? So it's um, it's a great feeling. Uh, they got to keep it up. They got a lot to do, but uh, yeah, really, really pleased. And like like we say, the performance as much as anything else was really, really good. So uh, yeah, let's just hope they can keep it up. It's it's well worth highlighting better because yeah, even though. He obviously misses a, a golden chance, which I, I really, it, it just felt like it was going in, didn't it? You, you could just did, see yeah. it happening. He <laughs> took, took it really confidently, and then you look back and it's a pretty awful finish, to be quite honest. But other than that, he was he was, he was was just really, really impressive, I thought. Um, you're right, Paul, just like having, having him there as that outlet just totally changes how we look. Um, and I think it's, it's worth saying as well, Branthwaite was playing the ball long at times, but playing it with purpose into that channel and, and Beto was making the most of it. And yeah, as you say, the, the McNeil chance, great. Again, stark contrast to what we saw at Arsenal where Beto was completely isolated. He had McNeil running off him. The the Decore chance you mentioned, Lyndon, obviously leads to the set piece and, and the first goal. It shows what a difference that kind of play can make. But it also, it wasn't all Route One, was it? It was there was, there was some nice play. There was Adrissa Gay, 
uh, okay, still not found his shooting boots, if he ever does. Uh, let me I think know. That, that ship might uh, have sailed. <laughs> yeah, I think so, yeah. Sailed, sailed way over the bar, yeah. But, um, but, but it's, it's, a lovely, it's a lovely ball through, isn't it? Isn't it, uh, you know, Tibeto? T- it's, it's something we've not really seen too much. And, and then, obviously, after Beto's run the channels and been a nuisance and put in all those yards, softened up that Brentford defence, then Calvert-Lewin comes on and we see another another great through ball from James Garner, which, I mean, I, I mentioned the Beto bits last week. We could do sort of, you know, Garner, Garner passes and that that one's, it's, <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm not going to get tired of watching that for a while. I, I don't I don't mean it's necessarily Hammers Rodriguez heights of of, uh, of 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 uh, Liverpool, but I think it's certainly it's certainly a, it's up a, there. a, a level it's of up technique. There. Yeah, completely. And I I think I said to Al yesterday, it's, he's he's the only real player on the pitch who can make that pass, and to show such tenacity to win it back and then play it through. And yeah, as you mentioned, Paul Dominic Calvert Lewin coming off the bench, making an impact, having competition, having like you say pressure taken off him but also a bit of j- just a right amount of pressure put on him because we've suddenly got options in that area of the pitch and yeah it was I'd, I'd say apart from maybe Beto scoring or I don't know Mikolenko getting a hat-trick it was about as perfect in a way <laughs> performance as you could probably ask for wasn't it yeah. and I think all the good parts that we've talked about actually sum up why we've struggled for two years because any time over the last two years if James Garner makes that tackle for the third goal there's nobody ahead of him he has to put his foot on the ball. He has to pass it out wide. He has to pass it back. There's nothing. Whereas now, with that focal point, you know, it's it's not only improving our chance to attack, it's improving the entire midfield because they can all get their head up. Unfortunately, some of them still can't pass the ball, but they can get, get <laughs> their head up and, and look to get it forward. And I think I think that's the big thing. And when you've got a player of, of Beto's capabilities... And then you're able to bring Calvert Lewin on, and then maybe in the future Calvert Lewin starts. You know you've got real options, and you know two up front. I think while they're very similar players in terms of profile, I think they are different, and I think they could complement each other. But obviously, you would need to find the right midfield balance for that to work. But it just means that Sean Dyche has the full complement of an attack to choose from. And then what's even better is that Chimiti's on the bench as well. For, for the fresh legs element. You know, he may not be as, as good or as experienced as Calvert-Lewin or Beto, but then, you know, we're not coming out of a game if we've lost looking at the deficiencies of the recruitment. It's it's other elements then. Um, and I think it just shows that for two years we've we've been playing with, basically the managers have had their hands tied behind the back and it's still not perfect. But at least now there are options where we can talk about the football again, we can look at Dan Juma, Harrison, McNeil, we can mix things up. We can we can talk about different formations, different setups, different styles. Um, and so I think the Beto signing has been absolutely huge. And as, as you both alluded to, you know, it, it just helps Calvert-Lewin. It just it means that the pressure isn't as great and it just lets him play his football as and when he's ready. Um, because I'm sure, I'm sure, you know, after what he's been through for two seasons, he, he won't be at peak fitness yet. But it just allows him to to just get back a little more, and you know, with the Aston Villa League Cup game coming up, I think with the with the squad we've got now and the sort of levels that players are at, I think it's a really good opportunity, and you know, it'll be good to see what Deitch does with the team over the coming season. Yeah, 
Absolutely. I think one of the things about the the uh, the Beto chance was that that turn of acceleration that takes him between mm. the two defenders. That's something we haven't had in a while. It was almost um, Haaland-esque, you know, that the, the way that sometimes def- there's nothing a defender can do when you've got a player who can accelerate past them, at, you know, to that degree onto a through ball. So that's that's the kind of thing that I'm really excited about having, you know, someone like that in the side. So it's not like we've not been banging on as fans for the past two years about the need for a striker, is it? It's amazing <laughs> that it's it's amazing that it's taken us this long, you know, to, to get the right kind of player in. But I mean, you know, thank God that we did. And in the meantime, we managed to stay up. Um, but I think in terms of uh, this, the, the Brentford performance, I think we should, you know, a lot of credit should go to, to Sean Deitch. Um, because you know he came in for a lot of stick Arsenal after the Arsenal game, and obviously rightly so. He's the manager; the buck stops there. But I think, as he said in the in in the Echo, uh, and also the, the Athletic quoted the, the the same kind of thing. You know, football is as much about tactics and strategy as it is about the psychological elements. And there was clearly a psychological breakdown or like a mental something was missing mentally against Arsenal. I mean, they just froze. And so you know, him describing how he had asked the players. To do some soul searching in the mid, mid in in mid, in midweek as to you know why they were so different in terms of their attitude you know last Sunday against Arsenal compared to that same game against the same opposition practically in February and I think you can see in the performance of Brentford that, that the change uh, in the mentality so so the manager getting to the root of the psychology of this poor start really really paid off and it seems to be a part of management that he's quite good at. Um, so now, obviously, there are you know there are other elements to the game to the game, including the fact that you know we finally started putting in some decent set pieces. Thank God, someone finally saw sense and, and stopped Ashley Young from taking corners and free kicks. But but you could see them grow into the game against Brentford and play actually play some really good stuff at times. The key now, of course, is to build on this, which um, you know they've shown that they're capable of doing, and hopefully they can take an enormous amount of confidence from this game. And you know. Two wins in the next home, next two home Premier League games, and all of a sudden, as you said, Al, the picture of where we, where we can actually end up this season starts to radically change. And it's uh, it's as you said, Paul, it's amazing what 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 one will do just to the to the feel of the place. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I think um, you're right about set pieces. Definitely, I, I just got that. I, I had that written down. I just I just circled it before you started speaking. So it's definitely important the importance of having set pieces. What a <laughs> yeah. ball for McNeil for that set for the yeah. for that second. But what a, what a peach of a delivery that was. And uh, yeah, it's um, it's going to be an important weapon throughout the season. It's uh, it was since Thijs came in last season. So yeah, they've been a bit maddening, haven't they? The set pieces so far, of Ashley Young. So I'm glad um, I'm glad they've uh, come off. And it doesn't feel like there was it needed to be that way because there was a couple of them games. The Wolves one springs to mind, and Garner was on the pitch the entire time, and we had countless set pieces. And just to go just to just to go off and one about that for the minute. <laughs> so it's um, it's nice that he's seeing sense with that. Um, he does deserve credit for turning it around. Um, I don't really think it's necessarily all his fault the way the players performed against Arsenal. I thought you know the effort were there; they just executed it very very badly. Sean's mm-hmm. not going out there and saying, "Right, do this, give the ball away here." Don't. Do... I mean, it's just it, it happens sometimes, <laughs> and they're playing a very good team, yeah. and so yeah. But credit to him, and you hear the way the players are talking. And Sean's always saying it, and people titter at the way he speaks in, in interviews, and he's always using the same sort of words like mentality and intensity come around quite a lot. But I heard uh, James Tarkovsky um, in the interview after the game used the word mentality and intensity himself several times. So. Yeah, I doubt he's saying it just to, you know, just to look good in front of the boss sort of thing, you know. So I think um, 
it seems to be getting through to the players. And I think that's the important word, mentality. If, if, if they just keep that up, don't get ahead of themselves. Keep it up. Keep, you know, keep on track. And um, it'd be interesting to see how they do it with Villa. Um, you imagine it's going to be a bit, a bit of a changed team. I think it kind of has to be really. I mean, let, let's be realistic. The, the league the league's what we've got to focus on. The players who aren't playing, they need to be ready. Um, you know, they, 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 the sort of fringe players need a bit of game time. I'm not saying go and rest everyone like Lampard did at Bournemouth last season, but, you know, I think there's got to be a few changes in the team probably. But it's a good opportunity at Villa, I think, to sort of really put a, put, you know, Right some wrongs from what you know from the hammer when we got a few uh, a few weeks back and put on a good put on a good go and it's a good opportunity for some of the players to um to stake a bit of a claim probably and some players to get to get more games than another about like McNeil and maybe better to get you know to, to get you know fitter and to, uh, to get more ready so it's uh it's funny because if you look at it just before this say we'd lost at Brentford we were looking at this filler game and oh flipping heck what are we gonna do with this game we could do about this to all of a sudden just being like. Oh come on, let's give it a crack. <laughs> I mean, like you know, it's uh, you know, it, it doesn't have to be doom and gloom, does it? So um, interesting few games coming up for sure. Um, I'm heading down to Villa Park, so really first trip to Villa Park since since I've been back in the league. I haven't been I haven't been um, been there for a long time, so really looking forward to going back and uh, hopefully seeing a much better. Well, it won't be hard to be a much better performance than last time at Villa Park. With <laughs> no, it, so, exactly. Uh, let's see how we do. It feels a, a lifetime ago now, doesn't it? Really, which is what exactly what one win will do for you it will give you that false sense of security i guess but um i, I am I'm, I'm excited for it I, I think you're right paul if if, if that had been a poor result the weekend then this feels like a real unnecessary obstacle um something to just kind of suffer through and then really grit your teeth in anticipation of playing Luton at home but <laughs> suddenly it's actually it's a bit of a it's a a testing ground isn't it? it's a chance to as you say maybe swap a few players out, get a few up to fitness. I think the the likely one, I guess, would be just switch Beto and Calvert-Lewin, get Calvert-Lewin his minutes, get him more more up to speed, rest Beto, then do the same thing, rotate them. Hopefully when we're, you know, two or three nil up and uh, you're having a great time down in Birmingham. But I think we go into two games against sides below us, which is a nice... A nice position to be in at home. It's not necessarily a comfortable one, but certainly that's something to think about. And we've we played Sheffield United, failed to win. We lost to Wolves. I think we need to make those next two league games count. They are massive, but it really does help having that that swagger. And yeah, and if that is mentality, if that is the way that Sean Dyche forges some unity, because I, I I don't think we've necessarily seen players go hiding or or really kind of it's it, it's just been a bit of a, a lack of cohesion in the games where we were expected to do more and in attacking sense and then Arsenal and Villa have just been sides who are who, who are better than us pure and simple and it's it's kind of played out as expected really so I think to, to win a game where we're not expected to if we can make that not just another isolated great away performance like Brighton, not something to point to and think wasn't that great, but then what what did we do afterwards? If we can make it the start of something, then it becomes an even bigger result, doesn't it? But for now, looking at the table and seeing us, what, a point behind Chelsea, two points behind Brentford, I know I'm getting ahead of myself, <laughs> but it, 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 it does make you feel a lot more comfortable and hopefully that's that's the same for the players as well because... Um, they should they should be happy with themselves. I think 
we could we could talk about a lot of individual performances. Um, but I think a special mention must must go to Jared Bramfway, who I think is starting to really, 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 really look good. And I could I I, I could speak about him too much, but I'm sure I'm sure El probably wants to say a few bits as well because I know he's a fan. Um, but he's he he to me looks like. Again, someone who has come into that squad in the same way that Beto has, in the same way that a fit again McNeil has, and has just lifted the quality level up. That just just turn the dial that little bit further towards the right side of where we need to be. And I think that is probably going to be the difference between us being a, a side who's scrapping and scraping at the bottom with the likes of Luton and Burnley and Sheffield United, and one who is hopefully scrapping with, you know, other Premier League heavyweights like Crystal Palace. Yeah, I mean, I, I absolutely love Jared Branthwaite and, you know, it was almost like the first game I saw him. I think it's just so obvious, the talent that he's got. Um, and I know that, you know, the loan spells will have helped, but I, I really do wish that he'd been in the team sooner. But it, it's great to see him now. And I think for the Villa game, it's it's actually come around at a, a, a nice time. And it, it's, it's the sort of fixture that, you know, I always say that we should always play our strongest team in the League Cup and things like that. But if we do go out, at least it's not a, a giant killing. It, at least it doesn't, affect us too negatively. Um, and I think for me, what I'd like to see from Sean Dyche is just pick a balanced team because like, he sort of does have the the bodies now where he can, he doesn't really have to shoehorn players anymore. And I, you know, I would like to see Garner in the in the middle just to, just to get on the ball more. And I think really, I think momentum is really important now after, after getting the first win. So, you know, I think it's a really important game for the likes of Mikalenko. I think it would be a good opportunity for Nathan Patterson away from home um, to just to just build on it. You know, if I was Sean Dyche, I'd be telling him, you know, this is an important game. You know, we're at a club that needs a trophy, but at the same time, enjoy it and, and show everybody that you're not a team that should be should that should lose four 0 at Aston Villa. Um, so I, I think it's a really good opportunity to just try and you know the building blocks of of trying to get the season up and running. I think it, I think it's come round at a really nice time, and as I say, I think. The, the, the fitness levels of people and people are coming back. I think it's a real plus that we've got this game. And, you know, wouldn't it be lovely if we can go on a cup run? Because I think that the way we've suffered for two years now in terms of the relegation battles, we need a spark and it, and it could be a cup run. You know, not, not necessarily that we win the League Cup, but wouldn't it be great to go to Aston Villa and, and to get a result there and, and go through and then have another game to play? Um, just to build that confidence where, you know, it, it's... It's not so bad if you lose. Obviously, we we've known defeats in the last two years could have been disastrous. So I, th- I think it's just a nice pass. And you know, obviously, as you mentioned, adding the likes of Better or Calvert Lewin coming in, Branthwaite. It's just another game to get under their belt, just to to play as a team, to develop that partnership with Tarkovsky, because I think that's really important as well. You know, I've mentioned in the past that relationships on the pitch are important, and we we haven't had a settled centre back pairing. So I think the worst thing Sean Dyche could do, the thing he should not do at Aston Villa, is change the the centre backs. You know, I don't I don't think we learn anything new from Michael Keane or Ben Godfrey coming in. Um, and I just think at the moment, you know, obviously Ben Godfrey probably needs some game time, but it does. We don't need to disrupt that centre back pair, and we just need to keep it as it is, and just let them play as many games as we can. I think something on the young players, the likes of Branthwaite, you know, Mikalenko's quite young still, James Garner. Play them, let them flourish, let them let them build their confidence that way. Because I think that in terms of because we all know Everton aren't going to win the Premier League 
this season or next season. Let us have something to get behind. Let us have a have a story, you know, because I think we were all excited by the likes of John Stones, Delafayu, Barkley and Lukaku. And that didn't come to fruition. So it would be really nice to to have that opportunity again to see a team grow together. And of course, you know, if Branthwaite is as good as some of us think he is, he, he will probably be commanding a, a huge fee. But that is in itself a success story. Because, you know, I think we all thought when Mashiri came in, this is the platform to us to build a sustainable, successful football club. But, you know, if, if we can get Branthwaite playing, get James Garner playing, even if, if in a year or two, you know, offers come in, then so be it. But let, let's enjoy them. Let's not let's not be, you know, messing around with the team and stuff like that because what we really need right now is just consistency. Yeah, I, I have a feeling that one of, or maybe both of, Keane and Godfrey will start that game. I just think that it's, you know, it's one of those situations where you've got a squad and you've got players who are going to start feeling, um, you know, unsettled. Not that they have many options to move away, but you know what I mean. It's in terms of squad harmony, sort of giving players a chance. It's the kind of fixture that managers do, you know, try and and, and sort of offer certain players who haven't been playing an opportunity. I'm with you, though. I think the better, the more we can keep that solid partnership together and allow them to develop that understanding. But as I say, it's it's just one of those one of those fixtures. But I do think um, that. It's a great, it's a good opportunity for Nathan Patterson, as you said, El, to sort of come back in and and, uh, and 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 sort of stake a claim. I think James Garner. I'd like to see him play in the middle in his favourite position uh, to just to, to again demonstrate what he can do. Because I think the more he does things like he did for that third goal uh, on Saturday, the, the more the harder he's going to be um, to ignore as that kind of um, that kind of player in the middle that that we. And, and certainly you, Al, have been saying for a long time is the kind of play that you can build, that you can build a team around. Uh, and the final thing, I actually think that I, I, I think Beto will start against Aston Villa, and I, I wouldn't be surprised if Calvert-Lewin starts against Luton. I think, uh, you know, that, that, that Calvert-Lewin's starting to show that he's getting back to, to, if he's getting back to being sharp, then I think... Uh, uh, dog's dying in the background. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I think he'll. Uh, I think he might go with Calvert Lewin against Luton, but uh, but we'll see. But it, it is interesting because on the last podcast, I asked the question, you know, to, to to Adam and Andy, is is the is the league is the Carabao Cup really, you know, how much how much can we throw into this competition, and is it too much of a of a risk, you know, to 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 go for it in this competition? But now, as as we're talking about different op- different options. And, and sort of different, you know, sort of some some actual strength and depth in certain parts of the of the pitch. You know, you can actually f- see us having a bit of a go. And it's also one of those fixtures as as, as where Aston Villa are concerned that they've got bigger priorities and they will be they will almost certainly be making changes. And you can just almost see in in sort of very unevident fashion that we just go there and turn them over and 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 sort of spring a surprise. And then you know all of a sudden we're in in the next round and you know it's. It's 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 a it's a nice distraction rather than um, a worry in terms of you know injuries and 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 pressure on the squad. Yeah, Dev. I mean, you're right. Like ideal world, you'd love Everton to sort of just go like you know full strength or as good as and just have a good go. Reality is, as we see in the way the cup, the particular league cups become over the you know, God knows how many years now. It's just it's just it's just not really what happens and. Uh, 
Yeah, I think he'll probably swap out both centre-backs, I imagine. I think it'll actually the, the whole back line, apart from perhaps Mikolenko, because there's no one else to, to really play there. I don't think other than <laughs> yeah. Mikolenko. Um, apart from Ashley Young, but that, he, he, that's obviously, he's get, he'd be getting rested anyway for Patterson, you imagine. Yeah, it surely seems a great chance to play Garnham in the middle. Um, who comes out? Address a gay, perhaps. I don't know who they who they who they bring out with that an honor, maybe just for he seems the most though the youngest, perhaps maybe the one who needs maybe I don't know, to to be a bit more needs to come off a bit sooner than the other two, maybe, maybe not quite as fit as the other two lads and I don't know, but um somebody will get a rest there, I think. And yeah, Dan Jim, you think Jack Harrison would probably be on the bench and getting some minutes, mm. you imagine. That'd be that'd be good to see. Yeah, I I, I didn't really didn't really care to me about who plays up front. But I think that might be a good good shout then and Better this, better this game. Dominic Calvert Lewin on on Saturday against Luton. Again, nice to have a few options. Yeah, you'd like. To, I mean, maybe if we'd have won a lot more of our, you know, uh, of our early games, we were already sitting in like eight for something like that. Having won like you know, beating Wolves, beating Fulham, beating beating all draw. Much, you know, what I mean, that yeah, more more points on the board. Perhaps there's a bit more of a chance to go like, all right, yeah, let's give this a bit more of a go here, but. Where we are, I think the sort of the reality is the Luton, the Bournemouth games are the the real, the ones that we must win. So I think that's that will sway any decision making, which is a bit of a shame. Which I agree, I'd like to just have that defence working together on it. But yeah, it's opportunity, um, and let's let, let's give it a good crack. I think they, you know, they need to make a bit of a statement at Villa because they were so bad last time at Villa. I think more than anything else, they kind of owe the fans one with that. I would say so. Um, yeah, let's give it a good go and uh, let's, let, let's see what we can do. It's not a priority for Villa. Um, they've got a big squad, plenty of good players to bring in. But yeah, let's let's just give it a good go and see and hope, hopefully reward the reward the Evertonians who are going, including me. Especially <laughs> you, yeah. Especially me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it, it's nice to go into it, isn't it? Without that sort of pressure of we. We have to go out. You said earlier, Al, the fact that it's a game where it's not a, a league game that's already a six-pointer in August or September. It's anything we get at Villa Park is a bonus. So, yeah, why not enjoy it? And I guess, yeah, on reflection, although it would be nice to play a really strong side, I guess we do need the likes of Keenan Godfrey fit for when suspensions hit, when injuries bite. Hopefully not too hard, but to fact of the game isn't it so keeping them fit and keeping them happy I guess is important but I do also take the point out that yeah what we, we don't necessarily learn too much from those players now I think we we know what to expect and we've also seen the potential of the Bramthwaite and uh, Tarkovsky partnership as well and having as well more more balance across that back four having the left-footed Mikolenko having Dwight McNeil there on the left as well who I thought made a big big difference uh, now that he's working his way back to full fitness, um, I just had a look and uh, Luton are away at Exeter tomorrow night. So um, I don't know if that changes things for our Saturday game or not. Um, I don't know if anyone's got any inside my because I certainly haven't. <laughs> I, just, I, just, I just read it out loud. Uh, that was it. But, um, but I, I think it's natural we're probably going to have one eye on that game. Um, it's a It's a huge huge game of the weekend but if we can if we can at least put in a strong show in at Villa um, and show certainly show more than we did in the um, in, in the last visit but maybe see maybe see something from those fringe players that allows us to think about options beyond just the obvious straight swaps of but over Calvert-Lewin etc if we can if we can look at that and let's say 
Ben Godfrey comes in and puts in a really solid commanding performance, that'd be great, wouldn't it? It'd be a really, really nice bonus. And also to freshen up some of those legs, as you mentioned, Paul, I think Anana probably would feel like the most likely to drop out as well. Um, I think Idrissa Gay is, is, is trusted. Um, and I think Decore is just such a strange nuisance player, but Again, I mean, not really spoken about his goal, but it's it's a great finish mm-hmm. on Saturday, yeah, and he's and he's very was. and he's very unlucky afterwards as well. And he really, he really does cause teams problems. And that was one thing I was thinking about before we joined that we are looking like a side who can maybe start to annoy other teams, which is heartening for me. I think we've we've always enjoyed players who. And kind of a bit niggly, a bit dirty. Have have something, have some kind of edge. I think Richarlison had that. Um, Tim Cale had that. Um, I think Beto looks like he might have a bit of that as well. Just a bit of a bit of bite in all the right places. And I think Decore's that sort of player on his day as well. When he's really fit and firing, he causes teams problems. So I, I, I can see him still sticking around in the squad. But um, yeah, let's let let's let's cause Villa some problems. Let's get more balls in the box. Let's be direct when we need to. Let's show that bit of quality. Let's play James Garner in central midfield. That seems glaringly obvious. And um, yeah, let's let's win the League Cup. Yeah, <laughs> yes, I think what, what's really curious is, as, as you said, Paul, there's lots of options now. And I think that the core ace best position is probably that advanced midfielder role. But then you look at it, I, I, I don't think Sean Dyche will go for this, but I really want to see Dwight McNeil playing in that pocket. Because I think he's got the the sort of forward running. I don't think, although you know we've got big, powerful strikers in the area now, I still think the way the midfield works and the runs that we make, it would be good to have someone who's a bit more skillful on the ball and, and is a bit more thoughtful on the ball. And I think you know when Decore was a success at Watford, I think he was playing a bit deeper. And it's just interesting that you know we're talking about we've got options up front. But as you look at that, it also affects the midfield as well because for a long time now we've played with three central midfielders. But you look now, if you are going to utilise wingers with a with a front man or two up front, you are then going to go down to two central midfielders. And already, you then look at how the team would, would, would look in the bench and it looks just a lot stronger. And, you know, I think it means that the opposition then have something to think about. Because whatever sub we make, whereas last season we made a sub and it was either very like-for-like or it was just completely ineffective. It was just changing players for changing players' sake. Whereas now, you know, I think that we can really change things up when we need to. I feel like there is a plan A and maybe a plan B. So it'll be really interesting too to see what that midfield is. And I think, you know, I really want to see James Garner in the middle, but I've sort of... On reflection, after the Brentford game, I don't think it is the end of the world if he is out on the right. And I, I can't believe I'm saying that out loud and then I'm actually thinking it after. <laughs> no, can I? <laughs> Me neither. But, but, but it is, it's the fact that, you know, he has got the capabilities to do it. It keeps us solid. And you just look at it in terms of what the what the squad balance is at the minute. You would much rather have him in the team than not at all. And, it, and if that means that, you know, if it just keeps that shape, then that's better. Honestly, I can't believe I've said that. In one podcast, <laughs> the, the League Cup game doesn't really matter and that James Garner can play. I'll be saying to start Michael Keane next week. I can't believe what I'm saying. But <laughs> it's, um, it is. It's, it's just, as you said, Paul, it's just, there's lots of options now. And, you know, it's it's just going to be interesting to see. And I think it's, 
I think lots of the players now are going to be playing a variety of positions throughout the season. And, you know, Sean Dyche will be asking them. But just another point to make as well is that, obviously, Alex Awobi left for Fulham and he was seen as the sort of creative spark. Now, when I've looked at the stats, he, he, made, he created eight big chances last season in 38 games. Now, Anana and Garner have already made a combined seven. And, and when you look, that that's not to be critical of Awobi or to say that Anana or Garner are picking these amazing passes. But again, it's just... We've got that focal point now, so it's it's allowing the midfielders to do their job going forward. And I think there's seven other players in the team who've also created a big chance. You know, you've got Nathan Patterson putting the ball across um, at Sheffield United. He was doing that all last season, but the, it, there was no one there to to make mm. it count, to make it a big yeah, chance. Yeah. So I think that's something as well. If you look at where we had eight last season, if Anana's on four, Garner's on three already. You would hope that by by come May they'll be in double figures for chances created, and I think I think that's the thing. It's you know I'm not the biggest believer in XG being a a true reflection on who deserves to win, but it's certainly you know something that you know Wolves, Fulham, Sheffield United to an extent, and and now Brentford we're creating, we are creating, and I think it's just because it's a word I've always you know functionality it works, it, the, the team works as you said, uh, Adam. Branthwaite can now go long with purpose. Tarkovsky was going long last season, but it was more hopeful because what, where was it going to go? But what other option did he have? Whereas now, Branthwaite can see the man. He can see the core he's able to make a run. He can see McNeil's able to make a run. He knows that if the ball drops down, James Garner's going to be in there fast. And all of a sudden, you know, the defence can just push right up rather than feeling like we're under the cosh here and that ball's just going to come straight back. So, there are, there's lots of options and, you know, I think there is reason to be positive. You know, it, it's been a, a rough start to the season just basically because of the results and, you know, Aston Villa and Arsenal were disappointing. But you look at it now and, you know, if, if Deitch can share that pragmatism that we were all expecting and really get a tune off these players, then, you know, we we could finish 14th this season. <laughs> 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 wow, the heady heights. Um, actually, interestingly, on the on the big chances thing, there's that table that's been going doing the rounds on on uh, Twitter this week. Is only one team has created more big chances in the league this season. No surprises that it's Manchester City, but Everton are second. Now, obviously, we've only scored five goals, whereas you know City have scored sixteen. But uh, you know, it's it's Manchester City, Everton, Brighton up there in the top three, which is I don't think many people would have said that of Everton. Uh, before the season starts, and particularly with Alex Iwobi gone. Um, you know, I think Iwobi's strength for us was, I think he was more of that play, you know, that term, the hockey assist, where he was the sort of the creator before the final ball. I think that was mm. his biggest strength to us, um, was his ability to sort of take the ball often in his own half and drive us forward. I think if you've got the likes of Onana and even Adrissa Gay, I mean, for all his faults, he was he was actually powering forward and, and put, obviously put in those two really good balls for Beto. I think if you've got players who can take up that mantle and replace what Awobi was doing, you know, we won't miss him at all. <laughs> we certainly won't miss his goals because he didn't hardly score any. So, yeah, I think um, just, just to mention Onana, I thought he was vastly improved against, yeah. um, against Brentford. Yeah. Um, I was really impressed. You know, I still think that, I think as somebody else mentioned on social media, that if he can do what Gay was doing in that game, if that can be more Onana 
taking that sort of the, making those driving runs forward, then I think you know he will fulfill a lot of the of the the promise that we know that he has. But I think he was really he was really assured against against Brentford, which again was great to see because you know there were lots of criticism of him uh, against Arsenal. Yeah, um, <clears throat> I guess with like a Wobi obviously gone and now gone to play in that position instead, uh, or at least at least uh, the, the game just gone. I mean, we've played we've played for quite a long time about an actual a proper right winger on the right wing. Just you know, you know, so it's in a way it shouldn't really be that different, I guess. You know, Demarie Gray didn't play an awful lot there under Sean Dice, so you know, yeah, and I think Garner's he can do a bit of everything, Garner, can't he? And yeah, I think for the time being, as, as there's no there's no proper right right sided player, you can certainly get him on the team there. I think you don't see Dice disrupting that midfield three. I think he's got a lot of faith in them three. And with some justification. Um, yeah, they, they, they all give you a lot of commitments, a lot of energy. They've all got various strengths. So, yeah, if, 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 if James Garner has to be out there, then so be it. And as you mentioned about sort of different, um, you know, that we've got players who can play a lot of different positions now with various different ways we can play. That can really keep other teams guessing. Not so much with the starting 11. That'll probably, if, if we're doing well, that'll probably have a bit of consistency, a lot of consistency to it. But in-game changes. He did it a bit at half-time. I sort of took a McNeil and get, and go on him in a little bit. You know what I mean? So there's there's, there's things that are done in, in-game, which um, we can do now, which perhaps you couldn't previously do. And the other thing, yeah, you mentioned chances created. And, uh, well, I mean, if we'd have had just what we'd have given to have... Uh, Strikers, you know, for for all of these games, really. If we'd have started the season with better, if we'd had Dominic Cavalloon for them games, a lot of ifs and no, but we'd be in a better place. I think that's 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 very 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 fair to say. But chances conceded is um I saw it the other day. I forget exactly where it is, but we're doing okay at that too in terms of get chances we've given up. Man about the middle, I think maybe ninth or something like that in terms of you know um how well we're doing for for sort of big chances conceded, shots on target conceded. So. You know, if you look at the expected goals, etc., if you look at the stats, we're doing pretty well. And them stats measure up pretty consistently with a, with a lot of the league. Villa were doing high for that. Brighton, Liverpool, Man City, you know. So, I think Newcastle hit there and increased their, <laughs> their shots on target rate quite significantly at the weekend, I <laughs> yeah, imagine. Yeah, they did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> big chances, chances, yeah. Big chances <laughs> yeah. Uh, converted, I imagine, went, uh, went up a bit. <laughs> um, so, yeah. One win. Let's not get too carried away. We clearly have done, given the nature of this podcast. But let's, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's certainly reasons to be positive. And uh, yeah, that's. Uh, I'm optimistic they'll kick on from here. Well, I'll tell you what might bring us back down is the fact that after, obviously, after the uh, the Bournemouth game, it's Liverpool away, West Ham away, Brighton at home. Uh, if then, if we get through, if we get past Villa, that whatever, whoever we play in that fourth round will be sandwiched between. I think between West Ham away and Brighton at home, so it's uh, it's it's not it's, it's a difficult run coming up. So if we can if we can bank the points that we hope that we will against Luton and Bournemouth, then at least we'll have a cushion, uh, you know, not only in terms of actual points, but then you know a psychological thing to fall back on that we can actually have a go at some of these teams and maybe spring a couple of uh, results that you know might be surprises to to everybody else in the league. I knew I was feeling too good. Too relaxed. <laughs> See, I have to bring you down just a little bit. <laughs> and uh, I obviously needed it. I, was, I, I think uh, it's it's worth. I, I just I just decided to pick a random game from last year uh, to see what our bench was because I think 
you mentioned it there, Paul, with the fact that we've not really had a right winger. Well, hopefully, if Harrison gets fit, we're going to have another right winger come back into the side. We've got, as you say, players who could play multiple positions. Spoke about the forward options. Um, even the back four, if we're not necessarily confident in those deputies, they are, I guess, um, on paper, sometimes able deputies. But if you compare... Sometimes. Uh, yeah, I, I know. Yeah, I know I, I, lots of asterisks is, uh, with everything that I'm about to say. Um, but uh, but against Wolves, where obviously, you know, a late Yerry Mina goal um, got, us a, got us a big point. We, we bought on Mason Holgate, obviously uh, late of his parish, uh, Michael Keane, um, we bought on Damari Gray. Okay, it was one of the sort of you know a few times uh, Deitch gave him a bit of a uh, time, and then we bought on Neil Mope. I think if you if you look ahead to and I guess yeah, let's let's do it. Let's look ahead to those difficult uh, games against the likes of West Ham. We have got different ways of playing again. Yeah, you said you said it, Paul. We've got different ways that we can go about it. I think um, we've also got things that we can change within the game. So if we are struggling to I don't know. Deal with an attacking side. We've got um, we've got options on the bench. We've got more legs. We've got uh, fresh options up front. Whereas you look at a lot of the games last season, and we are we are bringing on the likes of Mason Holgate just to try and shore up a, a victory. And inevitably, sort of two foot someone, and uh, we all get really annoyed about it. <laughs> uh, but um, but there's 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 more now, isn't there? And okay. The other big asterisk with what I'm about to say is if, say, a couple of players get injured, that squad starts to look very thin and fragile again. But as as we're in this positive moment coming out of a sort of, you know, hibernation in September, it's nice to think about the possibilities of being in games right to the end and having different options to bring off a bench because... I guess the other positive you'd say against playing the likes of West Ham and Liverpool is that they've got European football to worry about. They'll probably be in the League Cup as well. So having options and having a fitter looking side as well, it's got to be said, um, that 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 could be massive for us in that running. And that, that again, could be the difference between a real dogfight and something something akin to kind of comfort, maybe. <laughs> from uh, this, from the spiral of despair to uh, it's <laughs> a heady yeah. positivity. <laughs> you find these um, these nightmare runs of gate of fixtures though. They come around every season, don't they? They never come out as bad as you you fear they will. You know what I mean? So um, don't fear the sort of you know. Oh, we got this and then this and then this. It's uh, you got to take it on, and uh, you know you got to play. All cliche. You got to play everybody, but. Um, yeah, we've got to give us all that platform with the, certainly the, them, them two home games, really. I was about to say, oh, you know, we need minimum four points out of that, but that's kind of that's kind of not right. We need six points out of that, really. We, and to say, with Everton, we should be taking on you know, like, uh, uh, Bournemouth and Luton at home and winning them games and uh, and, you know, and coming out of that with six points. And not just that give you a platform, that gives you that confidence uh, to go to Anfield and, you know what I mean, and, and give it a good go and, you know, knowing that you go, when do you ask to go to Anfield with fit and functioning strikers available to, you know what I mean, who can uh, make a difference, you know what I mean? So, you know. 1985. <laughs> 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 so, yeah, well, let's not talk about Anfield just now, but, <laughs> but uh, yeah, but let's hope that when we get there, in a few weeks' time, 
they're still just as chirpy as not. I think another <laughs> important thing in terms of the next two games as well is that, you know, social media, it's it's an echo chamber, isn't it? But, you know, I've noticed a few of the, the fans of Luton and Sheffield United in particular are talking about Derby's record low points total, that, you know, it's the, the, it's a race to get to that. And, you know, if, if you think if that was to be the case, if, if their fans are right and those two sides are that poor, if we can get to 10 points by the middle of October, then, you know, for, for two years we've we've needed and wanted three worst teams and now it seems like we may almost get our stuff together when there are actually three worst teams where we wouldn't need to worry so much. But, you know, it, I'm sure that all those three, t- you know, Burnley as well, I think we're including that and maybe, maybe Bournemouth, I think maybe Fulham might be down there, Wolves. I've looked better than I thought, but they may be down there. Chelsea could be down there. I think I think Brentford might might experience what we did last season, just in terms of Ivan Tony is such a big miss. You know, mm-hmm. he won't be out yeah. for for as long as a full season, but you know, I think that is obviously hurting them. So you look at it. I think if we can sort of just win the games we're expected to, starting with these two, you would hope that we can have a bit of a more just settled season and you know not so so worrying but um you know I think I do think that the the promoted teams are quite but and I think you know Burnley I think they may be you know they're not a poor side but I think probably it's difficult to come up with a, with a certain way of playing and you know sometimes it works but obviously for them so far it hasn't but you know I don't, I don't think there's a massive chasm you know they, they've only now we lost some games, so it will be interesting to see. But obviously, as as we know as Evertonians, you know if you go on a on a losing run, and you know it it can get quite bad, and it's it's very difficult to pick up that win. So we need to. I think that's you know Goodison. We talk about you know we need to come out flying out the traps, and I think what Everton really needs to do it needs to be the mirror image of what they did at Brentford: show authority, show the hunger, show the desire. And win the game, you know, want it more. And when I say want it more, James Tarkovsky's header, he wasn't letting anyone beat him. When Brentford mm-hmm. attacked yeah. a few minutes later, they were on the line, bodies on the line. We're not going to concede. And, you know, Luton are inferior opposition, but that's the way it needs to be. You know, it, it needs to be full-on concentration, full-on determination from the first minute. We've got to win this game, you know. Let's let's do what we've been doing in April and May. Let's do it in September. <laughs> let's show that urgency and... Sort of because I think Sean Dyche has said something as well to the players that it's up to them to change the story, and it is. It you know we come onto this podcast if, if we were to lose to Luton, we'd all joke, wouldn't we? Oh, you know pessimism and all this glass half empty. It's up to the players. The players are in control. We aren't in control. All we can do is support and then give our opinion and, and watch it unfold. The players have got the power. They can they can look at all the pathetic results we've had in the last two years and go, do you know what? I don't want to be part of that. You know, I'm an Everton football club and this traditionally, historically, has been a really successful football club. So, you know, let's get them up to 14th. <laughs> 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 All right. <laughs> Thank you, fellas. So that'll be a wrap for this episode. Look for another installment of the Tough Web podcast, either in reaction to a uh, surprise win at Villa later this week or early next week after the visit of Luton in the Premier League Uh, so until next time Blues all the best from us here on the pod enjoy your week and of course up the toffees
Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.